Hello, and welcome to MGMA Small Talk, where we discuss issues facing practice administrators across the healthcare world. I'm Shannon Geis, staff writer and editor at MGMA, and today I'm speaking with Anne E. Zacchio, the practice director at Nephrology Associates of Syracuse in Syracuse, New York. She has recently obtained fellowship through the American College of Medical Practice Executives. Her fellowship paper is titled Survival of the Small Medical Practice in the Evolving American Healthcare System, Flourish or Fold. Anne is here with us today to talk about her fellowship paper and what it means to become a fellow in the American College of Medical Practice Executives. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Shannon. Thank you for having me. Um, so first, tell us a little bit more about your background. Um, you've got sort of a different background from many um, who might be uh, members of MGMA or uh, considering fellowship. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Sure. I'd, I'd be happy to. Uh, thanks again. Um, it's kind of an interesting story of my background, um, and I'm so thrilled to have attained the fellowship status now. Um, but my perspective was a bit unique and different, perhaps. Um, I uh, worked in the health insurance industry uh, for 17 years before moving into medical practice management. Um, I started um, in the late 90s and uh, worked for a couple of HMOs and uh, through various mergers got into a large uh, Blue Cross and Blue Shield plan. I worked in provider relations. I was the director and had responsibility for actually uh, working um, to help physicians and provider groups and hospitals um, have their claims processed so they would receive payment. So my job um, was representing a, a large health plan, um, and but to help the, the physician, the providers get paid. And it was a large corporate environment. Um, and in April of 2013, um, they say when uh, one door closes, another opens. My job, and along with many other director-level folks, um, was eliminated without notice. I was working and then called down to HR, and it was a standard protocol. And I'm so thankful that I had all those years of experience because I learned so much um, and now, you know, went into the next field. But um, I was pretty well connected in healthcare after working so long, and it just was kind of fate that the administrator here at Nephrology Associates of Syracuse was retiring after 16 years, and the, I didn't know anything about nephrology. I didn't actually know this practice, so um, I, um, you know, went for the interviews, and there was a second, and just within less than a month, I was working again, and um, so that's that's my background. And what I can say is that it was very difficult. It was a very difficult transition going from a corporate environment to really overseeing what I would say uh, is a small business with the complexity of medical, legal, finance. And that is why um, after all of those initial challenges and struggles, I started having successes here at the practice, whether it be reducing expense or achieving meaningful use and learning um, so the reason why I selected this topic was to hone in on and kind of to focus on small medical practices because I'm a huge advocate for private practice uh, physicians and trying to just understand uh, all the changes with MACRA and MIPS at the time last summer that was going on and to continue that. Yeah, that's great. Um, so um, you've, you're relatively new to practice administration, um, did finding MGMA help you in sort of understanding sort of the ins and outs of, of the job? 
Um, I think MGMA uh, in the national membership um, and now more recently in our, our New York MGMA, which we just had our conference last week, that was one of the things that helped me so much to be able to make a successful transition from the health insurance, a long-term career in health insurance to medical practice management. Um, specifically, going on the website um, and understanding, I think at the time a few years ago, my number one or one of the top challenges was uh, Medicare and working with CMS. And um, so many times um, just seeing uh, the reference guides coming out of uh, MGMA and getting the weekly updates from the Washington update that's sent out from the Government Affairs Office, um, that's where I started to reach out. And then um, I think my name is pretty well known now with that MGMA Washington office because I've talked with multiple people, uh, with uh, Molly uh, Gelbard and uh, Jennifer McLaughlin, uh, Rob Tennant, and, and others, and talked with them late at night, reaching out through email, um, and they helped me so much. So I think if I didn't have that support, um, because it can be a very lonely job at a practice, that that was helpful because I felt like um, these folks were experts and they were able to really um, help me in my individual question. And, in fact, I just saw Molly last week at New York MGMA. She was a speaker, and she did an excellent job giving our Washington update. What led you, um, what was sort of your thought process in deciding to pursue fellowship? Um, my thought process was just on a personal basis about, you know, how um, really what happened to me, how working in insurance for so many years and then having a, a sudden and shocking change, you know, you're not working here anymore. And so with the certification, I felt like, you know, I was successful. Our practice here was doing well, but I felt like the certification process actually offered me a formal way to make sure I knew everything I needed to. And the thing that amazes me, and it continues to amaze me to this day, is the requirements to be a practice manager. It is such a broad base of knowledge that is required. And I just felt like I really um, want to be able to, to really learn and focus and make sure, you know, what I'm doing is as comprehensive, so I'm doing the very best job I can for my physicians. So I started with a certification. Um, I researched it a lot. I looked at all the requirements. Um, the website was very easy to use. And then I purchased um, the set of all of the books, um, I kind of have OCD, so I read all the books, and then by hand I made notes of the key um, topics to prepare. Um, and I just felt by doing that, I felt like I knew a lot, but it just helped me to know things I never knew, you know, not being in the field. And then um, after that, you know, certainly I studied, I participated. They had online um, sessions, which were helpful on key topics. I also did the online practice assessments, um, and then moving on, I did uh, practice questions. I looked at things for the essays at the time. I know that the exam has changed now. So I went through that whole process, and I just felt like it was a, a personal achievement that I wanted to do as the next level in my career. Um, 
it's interesting because I think I looked at the last fellow class and it's like if you look at the, the United States as a whole, I was just looking at the state of New York and it seems like New York is compared to many other states either in the South or Midwest, there's not that many people that go for fellowships. So I thought like, wow, we really need to change that because I had such a positive experience. And um, once I pass the exams, um, the, the type of person I am is like, I just, I want to, I want to, you know, complete this fully. And I wanted to, to get my fellowship. It was a personal goal of mine. And I'm, you know, trying to be very, you know, it's it's very difficult because you're doing a full-time full time job and you're also, you know, family and other things like that. But I really, it was important to me to to be able to attain the fellowship. And it was difficult because I was actually developing, working, and writing the paper. Um, it was over a full summer, you know, doing research. I kind of felt like I had gone back to college to a degree <laughs> of writing papers. Yeah. I would come in, you know, to the office over the weekends, and I would work on it here. And then um, it was a crazy summer for me. My son, I have one child, and he actually was getting ready to go to college. So <laughs> I had a lot going on to, you know, um, so, but I just felt like MGMA really had nailed it when I could see the bodies of knowledge, and these are crucial things. And um, so that's why I just wanted to, to push myself and do that. And when I did that, the physicians were, um, you know, very, very, um, you know, supportive, and they just they re- they recognized the value of that. And um, so that's really my story. That's great. So let's talk a little bit more about your paper specifically. Um, so obviously, talking about the survival of a small medical practice, um, what what kind of research did you do in trying to understand that better? Um, and maybe what were some of the things that you found? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. Um, in this topic, I really wanted to do a full exploratory review um, because, again, I, I was new to this area. So... Um, I did started doing research, and I had to kind of limit, you know, because there's so much healthcare change. It's astronomical, and it's not just the volume of change, but it's also the pace of change and the complexity. So my time frame I focused on was really from 2009 to it was 2016 at the time, and. I started, that was the time, and just looking at, um, there's so many changes. So I highlighted, of course, um, the Patient Protection and the Affordable Care Act, which that was actually passed in the Senate in December of 2009 in the House and then signed into law. And then I said the whole piece with ICD-10, which was another change, um, and then moving forward into MACRA, MIPS, and then um, as well as the advanced alternative payment models and all of that, um, that was kind of the background, just focusing on what are the changes and just so, um, you know, to have a really broad and comprehensive understanding. The next thing I looked at was focusing on physician employment trends because when I was doing my literature review, I found that there's so much information out here comparing the employment trends between private practice physicians and then other comments about many physicians, particularly many young physicians wanting to be employees where they're going to work for a hospital or a health system. So Mm -hmm. I looked at that and um, 
you know, it was just so interesting, and, and the dynamics were such that, and I also found in the research comments where different physicians were, you know, if they were in a private practice, some, they would share challenges, you know, running my own business and coverage versus employees, you know, how much loyalty do they actually have to the health system? So um, I looked at statistics and things like that. At the time when I concluded at least that part of the research, it did still seem like there was a slight majority of physicians um, that wanted to have that autonomy and that control that were still more of a majority in um, private practice. And we, we, still that, we still see that changing to a degree. So now here we are in June of 2017, you know, time has passed. So, um, so I got into that, you know, whole area um, next in the paper. After that, I really wanted to focus on how can this paper be helpful for others. And so I started to try to really, in a practical way as possible, look at what are the attributes of successful practices and, and what things should other people consider so you can, um, as a small practice, stay financially viable and successful. And how do you possibly manage all this change? So I basically did a literature review, and I tried to identify key factors um, and where other groups showed, uh, you know, perhaps case studies of what was, you know, successful for them and, you know, to try to highlight those areas. And there's a lot. So one example was a key theme would be the ability to measure, track, improve, and report on quality data. And we know that's where things are going um, with electronic medical records and, you know, value-based care, demonstrating quality, documenting it. And the federal government, CMS, uh, mandates that now with our, you know, with a meaningful use, uh, the past physician quality reporting system requirements, and then now with the QPP, same thing. So that was one one thing that was, you know, a key theme about the ability to track and report that data and improve. Um, another recommendation was to really look, just look closely within your own local healthcare environment and are there, you know, assess to see are there opportunities to get into working with ACOs and CINs, so accountable care organizations and or clinically integrated networks and or both. In our case, um, here in Syracuse, um, we as a specialist practice had the opportunity to join a, one of the local ACOs that um, was developed uh, with one of our hospitals here. And that's what we've been doing. So it's it's hard. Um, I think physicians are, you know, there's um, uncertainty. Is there a trust factor between physicians and hospitals? Of course, you know. Um, but we got involved in that, and we got actively involved in that, um, such that one of our physicians is now on the board for that, and we've learned a lot. And so, you know, it was just considering that was another thing. Another success factor, which the literature said, and I agree, is that you've got to have um, to have a successful small practice, really. You've got to have um, physician leadership, and, you know, having that passion to remain independent and a determination to succeed. And, um, you know, that was one of the things, too. Like, you know, we, we have five partner physicians, and uh, we have a lot going on. And the nephrology, you know, it, the complexity, even with the schedule, we have an office schedule, but we also rounded two hospitals, and then we also rounded uh, six local dialysis units. And we also have five satellite offices we do monthly. So it's a lot. And so... For the physicians to have um, 
really that passion and determination. So that's what we've been working together, you know, with me for four years. So that's another thing, the leadership. Another area is the whole area of technology. And this is something that we're looking at even more so now. But it's the EMR, but it's also uh, the smartphone, the use of iPads and tablets, the patient portal, uh, patient education versus uh, via a video, perhaps. Um, just all of those things, and we're looking at that now uh, in our own office, what we have now and how that technology is going to need to evolve. Um, it's also trying to maximize the technology that you already have um, such that how are you um, with your billing. Uh, if you have in-house billing, which we do, and we, you know, how to automate that as much as possible with your claims clearinghouse is another thing. How can you automate that, reduce uh, denial rates and such? Um, so those are, technology was another big area. You, you cover a lot of really great information in your paper, and I definitely recommend people who are interested should definitely read it. So what, you, you pose this question in your title, flourish <laughs> or fold for small practices. Um, and what did you kind of conclude about that? Do you feel like there is a future... Um, for these small medical practices? Um, I do. I definitely do. I think in the, the conclusion I reached after doing all this research and, you know, delving into this so deeply is that um, it's certainly not the job for everyone. Um, I think that trying to learn from others and build on that that um, it is possible for small private practices to be successful and to try to focus on, um, and really with the support of uh, MGMA, as well as uh, here um, in Syracuse, working with other colleagues, learning and exchanging ideas and um, having that networking it's so crucial that uh, we are and, you know, if we can continue on with our determination and our, our focus to, you know, for continuous improvement and to be proactive and to stay informed really through MGMA, um, that we can be successful. Um, and doing that, it's really such, uh, it's, it's a rewarding um, experience is the bottom line. And having that partnership with the physicians and the staff and our managers here and myself. So my conclusion is, yes, despite all of these, you know, challenges and adversity, that, uh, that the small medical practice uh, not only will survive, but will thrive. That's great. And are you, um, I mean, you talked about it a little bit already, but um, have you been able to really take some of this information back to your, your practice and try to incorporate it um, in your day-to-day? -day? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, we're, we're working continuously in all areas, and, um, you know, whether it be our medical assistants, our medical records, our IT, um, trying to partner with our EMR vendor, our laboratory um, and reaching out collaboratively with the hospital constituents and even the dialysis units. Um, yes, that's what we've been trying to do. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that even within uh, Syracuse now, now that I've been really understand practice management, and I, I just so um, I have so much respect for practice managers, but such there's so many broad-based and you know multiple competing priorities to take care of that. 
um, what we started probably over the past year is trying to really work together with folks around here locally to rejuvenate our uh, Central New York MGMA. And um, what has happened, too, is kind of unique is that just because I worked in healthcare for such a long time, um, a gentleman that was part of our Central New York, there's actually um, a health business alliance, had reached out to me and asked me to start attending their meetings. So I started going there, and these are other um, folks that um, are businesses, and they work to support health care. Um, and I started going. So we now are collaborating, and we have been jointly sponsoring our local CNY MGMA uh, educational events. And that's been a great experience. We've um, been able to grow our membership. We are still working to grow our membership even more. We have our next program coming up at the end of September on this whole changing healthcare, and we have a bunch of perspectives. Um, and um, the last thing that we're, we're now just working on, too, is in addition to having educational events uh, through our New York MGMA, we want to have um, kind of like a local, like a users group where practice managers can come and meet and really talk about some key topics and key challenges and exchange information whether that be uh, HR staffing issues, whether that be, um, you know, this evolving IT and technology, um, you know, things, those would just be two examples. And people appreciate that because they're so busy. And so um, it's not just me doing it. It's just engaging others. And I think you've got to have that support. And I, I never would have been able to, you know, we as a group to, to get this far if we didn't have all this, you know, really through uh, MGMA. That's great. Well, we've covered a lot of uh, information. My last question is then, um, do you have any advice for um, other MGMA members or others maybe considering fellowship? Um, absolutely. I mean, I would say that the best advice is, you know, probably reaching out. And I think MGMA can help uh, identify folks to, to reach out and talk with other um, fellows who have gone through this experience and have a mentor um, because no one can do it alone. And, you know, I think having that support and having experience um, can help other um, individuals be successful and attain the fellowship status. And because it's not easy, but it's so rewarding and it, it, it's so worth it, the value of that. And to continue, you know, to be representing as a professional healthcare manager. Um, so that would be my advice, and um, I'm certainly available to talk with folks and can always make time to help others. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah. Um, so for more information about how you can become a fellow or earn your certification, check out our episode page at mgma.org slash podcasts.